This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca Welcome to a, another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. Carrie, you are with us. How are you doing today? I am finally better. I'm finally here. Life <clears throat> in the past couple months has been crazy, but I'm, I'm better now. I, I yeeted my uterus and I'm feeling better. I get why people don't have them. I recommend it if you're not using it. It's the best. I'm happy to, fe- to hear that you are feeling better uh, because I uh, want you to be better. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm also happy to have you back here talking about werewolf books with Yay! me because I really enjoy our conversation. So welcome back. You mean you like me telling me you're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And it always comes out that way. I don't mean it. I just get really excited. And I'm like, no, this thing. And I'm like, oh, people got to think I'm a jerk. <laughs> I like that we're coming at these books from different angles half the time and that you're like, you're right, your feelings are wrong, Josh. Yes. Like, That's fine, you're right. I am wrong. I can be No, wrong. you're not. You're not. It's just I'm I'm very Chicago the way I talk. I apologize. No, no apologies necessary. <laughs> so today we are talking about a book that for me is near and dear to my heart. So I'm interested to see how this conversation goes. Because today we are talking about Subsidiaries, A Guide to Pentex. This is a book I have reviewed on a podcast before. I did a review on Midnight Express several years ago now um, with um, the folks there. And that was really, really fun. Um, Adrian BK and I did um, uh, like a kind of high level overview of it. And Carrie and I are going to dive headfirst into this. So let's start by the numbers. This book was published in the year 2000. This is our first 2000 product, I think. I don't think we have made it to this year until just now. So I don't know, because I would have made the Conan joke in the year 2000, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. Interestingly enough, this book gives you credits on which section was writ- written by which author, which I always find interesting. I've mentioned that before. It's just interesting to see when they do that call out. You've got all the big names here, though. Justin Achille wrote the Black Dog section. Rich Dansky wrote the Endron and King section. Dina McKinney wrote Avalon. Clayton Oliver wrote Magadon. And Ethan Skemp wrote Tellus. Um, there's some additional material by Heather Smith and Reverend Will Van Meter. Yeah, I wonder if he's an actual reverend. That's an interesting call out. Brian Urbanek, Owen Winkler, and Jess Heinig wrote sections for Tellus in here. So there are big names. Some art by Andrew Bates, Jeff Holtz, Steve Prescott, and Jeff Rebner. Um, so again, big names in the art thing for White Wolf. Let's start the cover. I adore this cover. Yes. Well, first of all, all of the almost all of the artwork in this book is stellar. My only complaint is they needed more. Yep. The front cover is is this really great graphic color where like everything is like there's no like black lines, so it feels very um, poster like. 
which and, is definitely and, the goal. Like it's supposed yeah. to be fake promotional art that also tells you secret scary things are happening in this book. So I showed the cover to my daughter. She's 11. And I said, what do you think this is about? You know, because you know, she, while she's very excited about werewolf, she knows only what she's heard me say. Mm-hmm. And I haven't talked about this book yet. So she had no context. And so she goes, well, he looks like a big, strong man. And that werewolf is, is biting the guy with a rubber neck. She kept calling him the rubber neck guy. It does look like a rubber neck. It, it does. Yeah. And she's like, and I don't know, maybe he deserves to get bit. Maybe he doesn't. He has a werewolf shirt on because it's a black dog shirt right and so like she was kind of falling into the like no these are good guys because you know look at their the way they're standing and all that and then she goes oh wait a minute that's a lot of pills and then she goes why is he just letting the gas hit the ground like that and she started pointing out all of the bad things about it why does he have a gun you know and it was so funny and she goes i don't think these are good guys (laughs) and i said you're right. <laughs> That's fantastic. She really went through the whole e- exact experience you were supposed to yes. have from this cover. Oh, which okay. is amazing when you could, when you go, the art worked. Mm-hmm. The art did exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, so that it's it's a very strong cover. Yeah, absolutely. So this book is about the main antagonist for werewolf the apocalypse um, and maybe the main antagonist for the world yeah the pentax is throughout the world of darkness in really subtle ways not super much in vampire in this era but they get like layered in there as time goes on so like pentax is the expression of the worm that is constantly present in the world of darkness and it's really interesting to see how they like weave their way into being like that ultimate whore and ultimate bad guy i real quickly we should have done it at the very beginning Mm, we should give a warning well we should definitely pentex are the bad guys (laughs) (laughs) this book is filled with bad things yes now on the flip side it is not written the way some of the other books we have reviewed where you read this book and you go i want to play a pentex person it is written from the view of use this as a storyteller to tell a story for your players to fight against. Yeah. Um, They're absolutely the bad guy. There is no anti-hero yeah. that you can play as a <laughs> person from yeah, this. Nope. No, not going to nope. happen. You, uh, in theory, you could maybe play like a Pentex first team game, but you really yeah. have to like want to be really horrible to do that. Just go play an evil D and D game. It's the right. same, you know. You'll be better off, actually. Yeah, you I would. This is a player. I can't think of specific content warnings except for this is a book from two thousand, and it's all of the horribleness of corporate culture is true. So <laughs> yes, well, we may not have corporations that are worm tainted. But some of the evil things that some corporations do, some of this stuff has come true. So there is um, the the two two that really jumped out at me that I read Hmm. is um, when they talk about their uh, the taking drugs. Oh, yes. Yes. um, There's a lot of implication that taking medicine is doing more damage to you than doing good. And obviously that is not true in the real world. 
please take your medicines. We love you. Please take your medicine. Please get vaccinated. These things are yes. healthy and good for you. You need absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is the uh, when they talk about women's health care. Yes. Um, there's just some really touchy things, um, and and they get into sins that cause birth defects. And while I didn't take a medicine, my daughter was born with a birth defect. So like that type of stuff does strike true. You know, like, and because it, it does, it hits you in your heart, mm-hmm. like immediately, even when you're reading about, you know, Pentex in a, in a role-playing book, it still hits you in the heart. Now, I will say they also, though, in a little uh, sidebar go, hey, make sure this isn't going to upset your players, which is, I, I found for being in 2000 was really responsible for them to put that in their book. Yep. They particularly knew it with the medication section mm-hmm. and, the, and the women's health section. They yes. were like, hey this is a touchy subject, which has been and will always be a touchy subject. Yes. It's never not going to be. It it was actually really mature Mm -hmm. how they handled it. I wish they had put that at the very beginning of the book instead of like in the section they were talking about those things. But it's a, it's a, I give them credit for doing it at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think with that as kind of the, the framing of this book yeah (laughs) let's move into talking about it um starting with the introduction uh the introduction does give a little bit of framing of what the book is going to be about being about pentex and being about some of the reflections on the real world that pentex is i think in some ways for a a book from 2000s does prep you for hey be careful with this material some of it may hit close to home oil spills which are a thing that happened in this book, are a thing that happened in real life and really do severe ecological damage. And some of them happen because maintenance on vessels isn't done to the degree that it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, so some of these things beyond the like personal stuff, some of these are just real environmental horrors as well that can occur. So it's a good introduction for framing that and giving us some art that's like, this is Pentex. This is going to give you the feel of Pentex. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I would like to say that every single one of their chapter or art pages is fantastic. Yep. It's a great so reflection good. on the uh, the subsidiary. So this book is, mm-hmm. every chapter is a subsidiary of Pentex, this, uh, this worm organization that is, exists there in the back of the werewolf world. Each of the subsidiaries has their own section, diving deep into what their history is, who runs it, what sort of horrible things they do, which some of these are things that the werewolves really cannot fight against. Yeah, no. And that makes them particularly horrible for a game that's all about going and literally killing the bad guy because you can't kill these bad guys and have it have any helpful effect. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. If If you lean on Pentex too much in a game, your players are going to, you know, while it is the world of darkness, like you got to have some light. <laughs> right. There's going to be some hope that they can like actually change the horrible things in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you use Pentex as written, all of it, there's no hope because there's no way you're going to succeed against them. Pentex will win eventually. Yeah, that's how it reads. And it's hard to figure out like, how do I, there are some of these, before we get to those sections that is like, how do I actually use this in a game as a villain? And mm-hmm. my thing is you don't, you don't use them as a villain. 
you sprinkle the world with these bits and pieces and just it's there for those players that know the meta plot to go oh i don't want to i don't want to drink this beer this beer's worm <laughs> yeah. and you're like maybe it is maybe but do you know that right yeah right yeah and it starts with Endron, with Endron being the real world reflection of Enron. Like it's on the nose, like adding a D it, was a little bit too close. <laughs> um, so en Endron is the, an oil company that is the, the backbone of Pentex. They are the organization that really got Pentex started. Um, they were started in the 1800s, in the late 1800s. Um, as premium oil, and they are an oil company that occasionally dumps oil and does like in, intentional environmental like malfeasance. I don't, I can't think of a better word, but they create spills and they do horrible things, and they do it partly because they don't care about the world. Like they are in some ways a Captain Planet villain, and it's <laughs> so hard not to just see this and think, well, this is a Captain Planet scenario. Why would they do these things? And they do them because they're being cheap most of the time. Yeah, but also on purpose. Yeah. You know, it's a, so yeah, like, I'm going to be honest. It's my least favorite of the subsidiaries sure. because it's just so on the nose. Like, I, like they should all have like mustaches to twirl. Yeah, and I think like, the, the founder literally had a mustache that he could That's have twirled. Awesome. Yeah. I hope so. Um, if you're going to be on the nose, be on the nose. Right. Um, I, and I'll say this is my, this, not only is it my least favorite, uh, one of these that I would want to use, it was also the section I had the hardest time reading. Sure. Cause like they go into detail on oil refinery, like a lot of detail. And after a point, it was like, even if I use, even if I have my players go into this facility, they don't need to know this amount of detail. Right. I don't, you know, unless, and if I, especially in this day and age, maybe not so much in 2000, but yes, in 2000 as well. If I really, as a storyteller, wanted to know, I would just Google that. Right. Like it didn't need to be in the book. The um, only reason I can see some of that detail being interesting is if you wanted your werewolves to be on an oil rig actually working it for whatever reason like they had to infiltrate I don't, i'm throwing out an idea <laughs> glass walkers infiltrating an oil rig to figure out what's happening and realizing it's worm tainted in pentex run and so forth and so on you might want to know some of these details but again i agree with you like the mechanics of how they do their work it's maybe too much maybe more than i actually need to run any story with it or use it as a story hook and honestly, like the, especially like the oil rigs out on the ocean and all that stuff. I just kept thinking, well, this is a, for a Rokea game. Right. Like it's not, you know, werewolves aren't going to fly out into the middle of the ocean to deal with that. That's what the Rokea are there for. <laughs> that said, I do remember playing in a werewolf game run at Grand Masquerade 2016, where the whole plot was there is an oil rig and we are flying you out to that is drop so weird. <laughs> like weird. Yes. Like, okay. I, I remember my character being like, I'm not really a fighter. I came here for politics because I told there was gonna be some <laughs> politics happening, but sure, go drop drop my were rat on an oil rig and see what happens. 
Um, yeah, no, no, we're good. Yeah, it was a thing. I don't have tons to say about this organization. There's a lot here th- that we've already said. They are interesting. This is where we get the first information on um, first teams and things like that, which are these little mercenary teams that Pentex has. Yeah. That are specifically designed as like their bodyguards for Pentex. They're enemies that you can fight as werewolves. Like they're an actual enemy you can fight, which is okay. But again, I struggle to kind of figure out, great, you killed the first team, but you didn't actually defeat the bad guy here. So that's a downer. This gives you information though in, in on one thing that I think is actually useful in a game, and that's Endron gas stations. These are a thing that I use in my games because yes. I think it's a really, again, a really subtle nod to this corruption is pervasive in the world. Werewolves are going to go to Wawa or one of those other gas stations that has food. Use Endron stations as those things in your world where you're like, sure, you can stop at the gas station and get gas and buy some you know, food and things like that. It's an Endron station. And just yeah. leave it at that. And then the players are going to get all freaked out over the fact that they have to or get... Or they station. won't. Right. And then four months later, when they uncover paperwork that implies that maybe it was wormy, they're going to go, oh, God, no. Ah! And like, that's even better. Yeah. Subtlety. Like, be subtle. And there so don't have fun. to be Banes right there at en- every Endron station. There don't have to be like things in every piece of food. But it's enough to go, there's some sketchiness here. Yeah. And if they decide they're going to get distracted by it and dig into it, cool. I'm going to run that, you know, thing, that story for a couple of sessions. And maybe there is and maybe there isn't, but they're going to get distracted by it and want to find out what's there. So I, w- I will say one of the, the two things in the end round that one of them made me giggle really hard is when they talk about Fomori. <laughs> they refer to people getting a bad case of worms and, <laughs> and I don't know why like it was so like middle school humor but like <laughs> that made me laugh really hard um and then the other is they talk about how they try to find you know like they're they're smart about where they they drill mm-hmm. right. and they they keep talking about a um they talk about a conodont like it's a it's a fossil yeah, it's a fake fossil that they've made up for this story. It's not fake. It's oh, a real okay. thing. I Googled it because okay. I was like, because my daughter wants to be paleontologist. Right. So when I see stuff like that, I go, oh, okay, that sparked my... And apparently they do change color dependent on like what's in the soil around them. Huh. And so I thought that was really cool, but I don't know if it was like too cool to be using it like like because white wolf does have a tendency of going i found this real thing and they they like almost make i don't want to say take away the coolness of it but like they appropriate (laughs) like from a fossil but yeah they kind of steal the idea and go oh now we're gonna make it a worm thing or yeah like magic thing and and like I don't know. I think maybe at this point in my in my world of darkness career or you know playing and reading after a while I'm like, "Oh, can't you just make up something?" Right. And <laughs> but that could just be me being old and bitter too. So like, 
the, the, I'm not taking points away or gaining points from that. I just thought it like, I looked it up and it's a real thing. So yeah, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, one of the things like that you just sparked as a reminder to me though, is like they will dig where a Bane, like a, a giant earthbound Bane that the, um, that the uh, older brother tribe might have trapped. They will mm-hmm. dig in those places specifically because they're trying to get that vein out. That yeah. is a story Oops. you can tell. Right, right. Oops. Oh, we didn't mean to do that. Of course you did. Like, that's your whole thing. <laughs> that is a, like an actual story hook you could run in a story. Um, and great for mimicking some of the real world issues with pipelines and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable, like using yes. those elements in your stories. Endron is a great like opportunity to mimic that or mirror that. I've also had a hard time with this section because everything I ever learned about oil and drilling came from the old TV show Dallas. Okay. And so like, I was like, you know, it was, it was all a dream, you know, (laughs) I'm really aging, but I'm I'm really dating myself in this episode. (laughs) It happens. I think the favorite thing that I have about Endron though, is the people, like all of the NPCs involved with this company I think are really interesting. They all have interesting backstories. The people that are like currently present are interesting. I could use them in a story, but again, they're not going to be the type of villain that you can bring into a werewolf game and the werewolves are going to kill them in two seconds. I mean, you can, but then you're playing a really powerful pack. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, if that's the type of game where, you know, I mean, maybe you're playing a game that you kill Pentex and you save Gaia. Awesome. Maybe I just don't know I how you're going you know. to kill everybody in the company that's worm tainted. Everyone. <laughs> We're gonna kill everybody. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Even yeah. this, you know, like the personal assistants and the guy in IT and uh, yeah. and there's and there's one secretary that knows what's up. And right. that's that's an endron, right? Yes. She there's they they were like, she knows what's up. And she's just got blackmail on them, them, and uh, and so like I, you can't really tell if she's if she's worm tainted or not, or is just like you know, oh God, I have to have this blackmail so they don't kill me, right? So like, you like, I mean, that could be a fun role play thing, like maybe getting her to be on the good side or. Finding out she's she's a kinfolk, or maybe she's taking the medicine that allows you to not be affected by the delirium, and Uh like, and they think, oh, because of that, maybe she's kinfolk, and there's stuff you could do there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in general, there's interesting stuff in Endron. I think you have to have this background that is in here to understand some of the history that's throughout Pentex. But I agree with you that there's also a lot of stuff that I'm like, I don't care how they. (laughs) right horizontal drilling to get into shale deposits way too much information for me i'm not smart enough to run that in detail for my players i would just be like they're drilling it's bad right (laughs) same i would just be like there's a drill there okay drill bad go are any of my players going to ask well what type of drill is it josh is it uh is it this type of drill what type of oil deposits are they collecting I don't care. But yeah, but the worst part is there's always a player that does. Right. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no. Uh, well, good thing the Pentex book has provided me this detail that I have. I can Thank tell you, you these Pentex. things. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
anything else about Endron that you want to mention before we get into um, Magadon, which I think is I, more interesting? Yeah, I do too. Um, I actually will say that I actually really like the the knocking gas. They made a they make a type of gas that if you put it in your car, your car runs perfectly, but if you put any other gas in it, your car is destroyed. Right. So, and I was like, that's evil. Yeah. So. And there was there were rumors at one point in the late '90s or early 2000s about gas that was similar to that that was causing right. issues in people's cars. So, like again, some of this stuff isn't super far fetched. It may have some basis in reality, that, but I'm taking so this to a really dark level. That doesn't bother me though, because that's more of an urban legend and that's kind of all white wolf is right. or you know world of darkness is is taking urban legends and making them real in the game so like exactly. that doesn't bother me so much magadon. on that note though this brings us into magadon magadon is the pharmaceutical and medical subsidiary of pentex so again content warning real medication is good if you need to take it please take it it has been mm -hmm. tested there are people that check and make sure it's safe to use there are processes and procedures in the FDA and everything that are done to make sure your medication is as safe as possible. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, in this book, they talk about how most of the medicine is safe because of the FDA, Right. which cracked me up because I'm like, how big is Pentax and what are you doing? And you don't have an in with the FDA to be able to sneak stuff through. Like who's running the FDA? The technocracy, that, possibly. Maybe. But then the technocracy is like, no, everything must be safe for everyone. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Maybe the technocracy needs to be in charge. If they're, <laughs> they're above board at least a little bit. <laughs> right. All of that said, Magadon is the nightmare that everybody has, that every anti-vaxxer has, that every person negative about medication has about medication and stuff yeah. like that. So like- yeah. This is a really horrifying group because they're doing all the things you are like, we don't want this to happen. And they are doing them. They are putting chemicals in your medication that cause cancer. They're putting chemicals in your medication that cause you to be infected by uh, horrible creatures that change your personality and everything. But they do the things that they say they do on the label too. So that's the other creepy stuff. Like if you're taking a weight loss drug, yeah. you're going to lose weight but you may also have side effects that are really bad for you. Yeah. So I think the scariest thing in this entire, and maybe book, but definitely the scariest thing in this chapter is the, the, the phrase Pentex affiliated nursing home. Like that actually made me go, Oh no, no. Like th there, it was like the idea of them experimenting on old people because no one's going to believe an old person if they say their joints are hurting more like it actually upset me i was like how dare you yeah. you leave those grandma and grandpas alone the creepy thing about geriatric Ooh. medicine too in this section is that most of what they do is good most mm -hmm. of what they do is about lengthening people's lives and they ha have successfully done so for several for all of the major people in pentex they're all way older than they're supposed to be yeah and part of me goes well good that they're doing a good thing except they're doing it for all the wrong reasons and giving it to all the wrong people and yeah it there's so many yeah. implications here of this the the different 600 different products that they have 
cover cardiovascular wellness, dermatology, gastrointestinal comfort, neurological and psychological treatment, respiratory wellness, vaccines and antibiotics, planned parenthood, veterinary operations and treatment. That, that little section in this chapter kind of made me feel a little bit like the first chapter. Like you could have just said they cover all medicine and then give me specific, specific details of the things that I'm actually going to deal with in game. Like I'm not going to make my players roll for aspirin. Sure. Right. But they gave me a whole paragraph on normal aspirin yeah, and what it does. Whole section. Uh, like mm-hmm. there's, I've actually taken some information from this book in different ways and been like, these are real world, like bits and pieces of information that I can learn more about. Yeah. Which uh, again, good research, but do I need that in a role-playing game book? I, it's always weird having right. like, that super like in-depth real life detail. Then in this, like different things that Pentex does that are horrible in each of these different sections. Like they have a whole plot around giving mental health medication, which again, if you need mental health medication and I'm on mental health medication, please take your meds. It is healthy for you. But in the world of darkness, they have this whole plot where they are giving mental health medication to children or young adults early so they they don't go through the first change. They're preventing werewolfism, like canthropenpeism, and all the different you know changing breeds by giving kids this medication that they don't need, quote unquote. This is one of those times where there's like conspiracy theory in World of Darkness. You've kind of made things worse by going into super depth by like having this. It's weird. Like I like it as a villain. But then it makes me kind of go, ooh, how are, how are people going to actually react to this in the real yeah. world when they yeah. see it? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. The only, um, for, for me anyway, the only thing with, with that drug specifically, that section, is I immediately went, well, I would take this and then run a redemption plot. How do we get their wolf back? Right. You know, like, okay. Like, could you imagine, like, a bunch of children of Gaia go, going, no, no, we've created these vitamins that you know, or this medicine or whatever, and like just like re you know, like actually fighting it through positive medicine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, again, like this is it it's rough because you know, you don't know what's going on in your players' lives. Right. And you don't want to accidentally run something that is going to make them embarrassed or feel like they shouldn't be taking care of themselves the way they should be. You know, and, and so again, if you're going to run something with with any of these medicine plots, talk to your players first. Yep. There is a plot in here that links two different parts of Pentex too. Like you take their aspirin and then you drink the beer from the beer section and that causes a reaction that hurts you. But if you don't yeah. drink the beer and you just take the aspirin, you're good. And vice mm-hmm. versa. If you just drink, well, maybe don't drink the beer because the beer is bad all, all, all in all. <laughs> But it is an interesting thought to say, like, if you want this kind of subtle horror doing it that way, where it's like little bits and pieces of the worm and all these different factors of your life, that's the way to do it. But again, with your players, you should signpost that to some degree, like, hey, guys, like some of these things are going to come up in this story. I think it's sensible to uh, highlight some of that ahead of time before they see yeah. kind of the impacts, um, just because you don't want to hurt someone in their real life. Like you said yes. before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so 
I want to give I want to give bonus credit though to this chapter because they start naming the the first teams like the red tape garots like they they've started like you know well this division works for this person and they're called this thing and they're all ridiculous names right like they all sound like paintball team names right <laughs> and it just made me laugh because I was like like that's that's the fun details I want <laughs> not like how aspirin works <laughs> right <laughs> there's also some again subtle like use of marketing stuff that they talk about in here which as a person in marketing is marketing is a form of propaganda i'm going to say that out loud oh, yeah it, absolutely it, the things that inform modern marketing are we've learned from propaganda techniques built over the last couple hundred years so that said <clears throat> you can see some companies doing some of these things using things like a version of sonic the hedgehog i can't remember something lizard is what he's oh, called yeah this. yeah but it's a it's a reference to cute cartoon characters help sell these different things. And it's absolutely yeah. true. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Flintstones chewable vitamins. They're really good. They're good for you. If you need vitamins, you should take them. But candy coating them and putting them with Flintstones on them helps sell them. Yeah, it's true. So if you're a horrible company doing horrible things, you would do the same thing. I think the thing that I I'm not 100% sure if it's one of the people in this section or one of the others, but there is a, uh, a major figure in Pentex's history that has left. Um, that is like, I don't know if it's Vandergrift, wh who was the head of Magadon back in the 40s, but or the 60s. Um, but there's one of those people who has absconded from Pentex and is in hiding. And it's like, ooh, that is a very, very useful figure to use for stories where you're like, oh, this is my end to learning all of the horrible things that are happening in Pentax. I think he was part of Endron, but they talk about him in two places. They talk about him in Endron where they like, he's on the most wanted list. Right. And, and he's gone. And like, they, <clears throat> they mentioned that he should be like 90 years old by now, but the last yeah. photo they have of him, he looks like he's in his like late twenties or early thirties. Mm -hmm. But then they, also talk about him in this section when they talk about the anti-age pill right and FN what it really is. Or whatever it is yeah mm -hmm. yeah and what it really is and how i think they said that he's got the he's only got like a 20 year supply of it left or something right there's something really subtle in there for world of darkness continuity fans like if you want to catch that it is a little hint to oh hey there's some other sketchy stuff that other supernaturals are doing that overlaps here it's fun I, I just think that's a good like nod to that sort of thing like you can yeah. cross over without it being super overt and have it be interesting well they, they do say that that drug is partially made from vampire blood see i wasn't give, gonna give it away but you're right uh, yes exactly no, we we're going through the book <laughs> i think there's a hint there too that it's a really powerful vampire that they mm -hmm. are getting it from too and no they, no, they aren't getting it anymore right dun, Which, dun, dun. what again, are they gonna do now oh. you can pull in vampires into this story and run a pentex vampire game really i would 
Or could you imagine playing a small group of, of vampires and Pentex is trying to capture you? Right. What the heck? Right. What is going on? Even better, playing an elder vampire game. <laughs> these humans are just harassing you constantly and you keep <laughs> fighting them off. And finally, you're just like, what is going on? Why? Oh, why? Like, army men pe- keep... <laughs> crashing into our haven door every and night. they're stronger than werewolves what is happening right. yeah not cool like yeah there could be some fun stories <laughs> and i ate them and they taste gross yeah like yep awesome lots of things you could do mm-hmm. anything else about magadon that you want to talk about i know we're kind of like moving through this quickly yeah, but there's well, a lot of know. stuff so there's a small section again where they talk about people that are born with birth defects yeah and they imply that if you're born with a birth defect, you have a higher chance of being psychic. And it was just weird to yeah. read. Because yeah. um, like it, it almost felt like they were like, look, we're throwing a bone to them. And it was like, F you. Right. <laughs> they don't need that. They're fine. You know? Um, and so like, I don't like they, they talk about psychics in this book, but not enough to really, if you don't know they don't even tell you what other book to look in yeah. to run a psychic if you wanted to. So that's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. It's interesting. Like White Wolf sometimes does a really good job of saying, hey, check this thing out if you want to use it. But sometimes they go overboard with that. And then this book, they just don't. When they it just assume. Helpful. Yeah. Freak Legion <laughs> might be a book. There are several references to Freak Legion. You could use the psychic rules in that, or you could yeah, use some of the hedge path psychic. Yeah, do he- go, go with hedge path. Don't yeah. go with- I mean, there are two different directions. The Freak <laughs> Legion book does tie into this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The- Let's go to King Beer. Before we go to King Beer, oh. though, if you really ever wanted to have like um, gas, like sarin gas or other like um, chemical weapons in your game, this gives you a whole section about how to do that. A lot. I am never going to do that, by the way. That is no. not okay by me. Like, but, yeah. Pepper spray, maybe, you know, but yeah, like some of this was like, like, you know, kills you instantly. Why would I run that? Like, right. that's terrible. First of all, it's terrible. Second of all, that's not good story. Right. Like, mm-mm. yeah. For werewolves, I just don't see that being an interesting, like, story. No. I'm not going to engage with it. But that does bring me to, I think, my favorite group <laughs> in this book, King Breweries and Distilleries. Because, again, ubiquitous, constantly, like, throughout the world of darkness, horrible, but in really subtle ways. I, I have played games where King Breweries shows up and it's just like, oh, okay, that's a note that that and, is a horrible thing. And it's fun. Yep. Like, they, they, they've managed to to be like this is so ridiculous that it's actually fun for a storyteller to run it's not just boring right having not that i'm saying the other things are boring but having a group of frat guys all drinking this beer and getting super hyped up and becoming super powerful like and femori all of a sudden is a fun ridiculous sort of plot that you can run and throw into a game and it's like okay that's ridiculous but i can see how it would work in a story too so I would like to talk about that the piece of art real quickly that's at the sure. chapter head. Yeah. Um, again, it's great and brilliant. Like it, it it's perfect. Um, and I'm not gonna go into like crazy detail because there's a lot of little details in it, yep. but I would just like to point out that the two um 
I'm assuming they're enticers, the two women in bikinis Mm -hmm. that are hanging on the men. They have footballs over their head that are on fire and they look like crowns. And I actually was like, that is a super clever, like echo of the King uh, logo. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that a lot of times I'm kind of negative about the art and I'm nitpicky. So I like to point out good things too. Absolutely. I agree with you. There's so much going on in this image that it's Mm -hmm. like, at, the more you look at it, the more you pick out and the more story hooks you can get from yeah. it. I hadn't thought that they were enticers, which is a type of femori. But now mm-hmm. that you say it, I'm like, oh, absolutely. That makes there, a ton of sense. There's a real small sidebar in this section that talks about the the beer wench or the king's wenches. Right. And, and how a bunch of them are enticers. So I I was I was assuming, yep. but you know. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so King Breweries is a group that makes alcohol you know they make all kinds of different alcohol they are a younger subsidiary of pentax um they're fairly like recently brought in they make both uh, good i wouldn't make, i would not say good uh, they make micro brew beer and they make like really common like i don't know um macro brew beer like the stuff that you would just uh, like budweiser and things like that they do both sides of that and all of the distillery stuff well they have like a bunch of their own subsidiaries right right like i was it was like seven different ones and there's a section for each one yep. and they're all very distinct and different like one of them is actually just a club soda right and you know like <laughs> first of all gross and then like <laughs> just drinking carbonation is gross i'm so i said it i stand by that but it lets you do the whole binary thing that they talk about earlier mm-hmm. in the Magadon section. Where Absolutely. Like, oh, this club soda, when added to this specific type of alcohol to make a mixed drink, that's when it, it, it instantly. Oh, yeah. No, it, it is a great story. I just mean, personally, I don't understand club soda. It's just gross. It's fair. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And, and so, like, it's really nice because there are whatever flavor <laughs> of a story you want to tell with the king's brewery you can because there is a bunch of different ones like my favorite one is actually the the dragon valley wines Mm -hmm. yes oh that's Um, such a good story it's so good because they it's all about how the worm is it's actually the the vine that the grapes are growing on there's just one vine right and it's controlling like it's over like three vineyards and it's this deep monster. And I have like a weird obsession with the creepiness of kudzu. And it yep. feels very kudzu-like. And the vines can, you can attack the vines and they can kill you and do all this creepy stuff. And I was just like, yeah, this is this is the exciting stuff. Because your, your werewolves could go fight the vines. Right, right, exactly. And maybe not destroy all of it, but they can cut off a section of it. And that's fun and cool. And like, that makes for a good story later on going. And then, and then the, the, the great vines attack me. What? What? Right. right. What I really like about that body horror uh, content warning is that the vines can get into people too. And that just adds like some creep factor to it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm there. I would run that story. have, Have you seen the movie, The Ruins? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. As soon as this is over, you need to go watch that movie. Okay. You will you will message me immediately after and go, damn it, Carrie. Because <laughs> it's so good. But oh, oh, there's there's creepy vines. Let's there. 
I think my favorite little drop thing that they have in here is tentacle ales, um, which is the micro brew. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just a, a, like one, it's in New England. So it ended up in my dark New England project. Oh, yeah. Where I was like, oh, hey, I get to tie in some other World of Darkness stuff yeah. into here and have it feel appropriate. Um, and I, l there's like little subtle horror there that it's like, oh, everything's good except for like, there's just a little creepy thing going on with the owner and what's happening there like there's lots of little subtle stuff there that i like and the name is just great yeah tentacle ales is a great like name and are were they a black spiral dancer were they not like were they just a kinfolk there's lots of like fun stuff there i just think <laughs> it's neat so avalon may be my favorite section of the book sure but that's because I have like a, a super special place in my heart for Action Bill. Yeah, I think Action he, Bill is an awesome like I, character figure. You know, I I've ran a, an entire plot when I was running the Big LARP many 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 years ago, um, and like we had we did comic covers that and they ended up getting passed around not only in the werewolf games but the vampire games picked it up, and it was ridiculous. And, um, you know, and at first it was real subtle and then we started having, they, they expanded from cartoons and car and, uh, toys. We expanded it to where they were starting to make action bill live action movies, right? Where they were capturing werewolves and he was hunting them down and they were just filming it and telling everyone it was movie magic. Like it was so much fun and, and it's so ridiculous. Like it, it is so ridiculous that it it made the violence of it. It was like, like a ridiculous movie where someone like gets their head cut off and then they keep right. walking and around. And kind of laugh about it. Right, because it's so it. ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like Avalon for the sense of like, this is a toy company. So Avalon's a toy company that makes all these toys that are worm tainted that, but most of them aren't. Most of them are actually just saying horrible things to kids. Or teaching horrible or things. teaching yeah. horrible things. Yeah. So like, You've got all the Barbie uh, analog stuff in there mm -hmm. uh, with um, with eating disorders and things like that. There are some horrible stories you can tell, again, with player yeah. comfort and buy-in. But like, yeah, Avalon has both layers, like the ridiculous over-the-top action bill stuff that you can pull in, which is a G.I. Joe analog. Or there's some other like subtle, like your kids are getting corrupted by these companies sort of stuff. So and it's wonderful if you do that kind of story as a redemption let's right. save the kids right don't go killing a bunch of kids unless you make sure your players are really and you are really okay with running that because right. that even though they're they're make-believe children that can weigh on you yep for sure i think with avalon the thing that i would like to use is like again background subtle like worm infiltration things happening like they have um um a not a Pokemon analog. They do have a Pokemon analog as well, but they have a Beanie Baby analog in here. And I think they're the same. Yeah, they're the same thing. They have the, yeah. both a video game version and the like little collectible dolls thing. And the cool thing with that is you can have like a story in the background where you're like, hey, a mall had a incident today where a bunch of people like beat each other up over these stupid dolls. Mm -hmm. And players might pick up on that or they might just kind of go, that's weird. Like, yeah. Like, or they might think that it's the store's fault. Right. And investigate a different angle. And, right. you know, you can give them something there, too. Yep. Yeah, there's lots of different layers you can add in there. Like, it's not 
it just gives you an opportunity, which I think like leans really well into TELUS games, which is the next section. Yeah. Um, I think the two, like having them separate is interesting, but also they go really well together. Like TELUS games as this whole video games, corrupting kids, corrupting people thing is like, again, it's that's the whole like conspiracy theory problems that are out there in the world sort of situation. You, if you want to play with that, you can play with that with TELUS. And I played in a game that's on, uh, it was an actual play that uh, Walking Away from Arcadia did where TELUS games was the was creating an ARG uh, or an A, I should say an AR uh, game on a phone that connected to chimerical reality with changelings. Mm. So there's lots of ways you can tie video games into the world of darkness and other plots in the world of darkness. Yeah. Um, that's my main takeaway from TELUS. Like, again, subtle, you can use it in kind of like those sorts of ways um, and tie it into other elements. What are your thoughts on TELUS? I don't play video games. Okay. I'm not good at them. So okay. I don't play them. Like last time I played was Pong, like sure. for real. And so like, I read all of this and like, I understand it, but like nothing sparked like where I was like, oh, that'd be a fun plot. But it's just because of my personal likes and dislikes. Um, so the only thing that jumped out at me is they talk about, they, there's some, there's a little sidebar that's got some techno babble mm-hmm. and stuff in it. And I, it just tickled me though, because uh, one of them was called Twitch Games. Mm-hmm. And it, I was like, oh no, I, I do Twitch. <laughs> Because I do it for my art. And so I was like, oh, no. I was kind of funny. Yeah, this is way before Twitch happened. Or Twitch, uh, as we know it today, as this, like, video, you know, system. So, yeah, definitely an interesting, like, ooh, maybe there's a hook there about a actual, like, play or live play stream on Twitch. Oh, yeah, that would be very fun. Mm. Oh, could you think about that, too? And, like, maybe it's hypnotizing people and causing, like, them to, like do horrible things after watching this Twitch stream. Hmm. I know many people are hypnotized by my stream and do awful things <laughs> afterward. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. And then there's the last one. Yeah. Um, I want to preface this and say, I really respect satire. However, Black Dog Games, the satire section on Black Dog Games is really, really good satire on the RPG industry that's all still relevant today. Yeah. However, there's absolutely nothing of use for running a game using the Black Dog game details in there. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. And for, for me, it felt too much. Like there was too much satire. Like it was like, look how clever I am making fun of us. And I was like, like, I would have almost rather that had been a pamphlet that they had handed out at Gen Con. Right. Like, that's a cool giveaway Gen Con thing. Like, ha ha, we're fun. You know, this is silly. Okay. Um, but I, I do, again, want to talk about the art at the beginning of the, um, of the chapter. Because I actually think that's the best thing about the chapter. Yep, absolutely. Um, and it's a bunch of teenagers or adults you can't tell so much with because they're a little cartoony so it's hard Mm -hmm. to tell what age they were trying to make them all playing a tabletop game in a dungeon like area (laughs) right (laughs) um and they're all like either dressed up as vampires or one of them has like a wolf pelt on which looks creepily real Mm -hmm. you know so you're like oh no and like they've all got like something bad 
on them or whatever. But the thing that really stuck out to me was they've got stacks of books around them. And like a lot of them are wearing t-shirts from the games, from, you know, video games before that have been mentioned and all that. But in the, in the pile of books, they've got look, look, Canthrope, they've got you know satan's whatever all these things and then they have thai cuisine right what like i don't know if he just thought that was funny or they're trying to say thai food is wormy which is terrible because thai food is good i just like the idea of, of having a, a thai cookbook in the <laughs> middle of all your gaming books sure i i have had my bookshelf with random things like that on it at <laughs> i could see it like i said i like reading that for the satire element because i went oh i know every single one of these people right but if you don't there takes away a level of it you know yeah. like oh okay yeah it's kind of it's so on the nose that if you don't know who they're talking about you're kind of like i don't get it there, that, but, there's a joke but you know me. it's a joke but you don't get the joke so it's right. not very it's fun yeah right and there's absolutely no way to use Black Dog Games in your story. That's interesting, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to say that flat out. I don't think it's any way interesting to use them as a Well, story. I'm going to say I don't think it's healthy to use. Right. Okay. So there. <laughs> in my opinion. In my professional podcasting opinion. All right. So I have said before in the past <laughs> that Subsidiaries, A Guide to Pentex is my number one World of Darkness book. And I actually still stand by that. That said, I don't 100% know that it's all really useful as a World Darkness book. Like, even as a storyteller, it's really helpful for just getting a feel for what the World of Darkness should be like for your characters. That is why I think it's super valuable. You get a, just a sense of what the World of Darkness is really like from this book, um, which is, for me, like, having that as a background helps me tell be better stories with other books that actually have really useful hooks that I can use for my games. Overall thoughts, what do you have on it, Carrie? The biggest thought I have is that this book is not meant for players. Right. If you're not going to be running a game, don't read it. Like, because you're just going to steal the surprise if your storyteller does use something from here. I, I agree with you. I think this book is super useful for all of the lines of World of Darkness. Like, you know, whatever you're running, if you are running a game that has darkness in it, I think you should read this even just to, even if you don't use any of it, you go, oh, that's the type of thing. Yeah. I don't think it is, I don't think it's a perfect book. No, I agree. I think there is a lot of filler in it that could have gotten yoinked. And maybe I'd feel differently if there, because a lot of it, my problem was that there were like four or five pages in a row several times that had no art. Right. And it got really hard to read for me. I need that visual break for my brain to be able to process the information um, comfortably. Sure. The bad news is that that's going to happen more and more as we moved into the revise era where they start to have like 10, 15, sometimes 20 pages without art, um, which I think was a budget thing, but it's still frustrating. I'm with you. That said, out of, so TELUS controllers out of 10, how many <laughs> TELUS controllers would you give Pentex? Um, I'd probably give it like a 8, 8.5. 8. Okay. Like. Yeah. I, I think 
eight is good. Eight controllers for the quality of the book, but 10 for, I think every storyteller should read it. Like it's one of those weird books where it's like, there's actually not a ton in here. I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. There's not a ton in here that's like immediately useful, but it gives you such a good like lock on the setting that I'm like, every storyteller should read it. Yeah. And the artwork is fantastic. Yep. And it's a, it's good for this. Like this is the, the pinnacle of like setting writing that White Wolf can do um, yeah. when they get it right. Um, so it's good for that. It's good for its age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think <laughs> for a 21-year-old book, it ages really well. It aged really yeah. well. So any other thoughts, Carrie, before I wrap it up? Don't work for Pentex. You know, don't be evil. Yeah. Don't be, be good, guys. D don't work for Pentex, please. Take your meds. We love you. <laughs> please take your medication in real life. I'm glad I'm back. <laughs> I am glad to have you back as well. All right, until we finally get an answer to the question of when will you rage, I'll talk to you all again next time.